Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Welcome back, flower friends, to the podcast. I hope that this finds you on a Sunday with a hot cup of coffee and hopefully taking in some sunshine. In this week nine farm update, I have been in a winter wonderland this week. Another like two days of virtual school for my kids. So getting uh, stuff done has become quite the task, but I've tried my hardest to get some seeds sown. I really need to transition some of my plants outside to get hard enough but I've just been so nervous about the weather and also I still have some snow on the ground so being able to work through the soil um, is probably not for another couple of weeks but I do have some bare root roses that I received that I'm really needing to get in the ground so it is starting to warm up and I actually set my sweet peas that I um, started inside outside and they're looking pretty leggy so uh, they definitely need to have some coolness to them and the ones that I sewed in the tray they're actually looking really great actually they look better than the ones that I started inside I will continue to update you on my experiment there but I'm actually envisioning building a sweet pea wall I want it to be for kind of photo ops like be a backdrop I've been looking on Pinterest for all the different ideas so I'm to come on that and if it's a successful project. Anyways, I had a client reach out to me for a wedding request and I thought this would be kind of an interesting topic to talk about. I think I see a lot on social media and I see this a lot from florists about, you know, clients coming to them with a set budget, but yet flowers are super expensive and that budget is really small. And so the consumers just don't quite understand price increase as it applies to flowers. I think this has always been something, you know, folks find flowers as cheap and, you know, I I only need to spend $500 where that's not the case anymore. Our blooms are, they deserve to have the price that they deserve. That's all I gotta say. And I'm sure y'all think the same thing. But this bride had reached out to me and she only had like a thousand dollar budget. And that thousand dollars does not stretch very far anymore. I mean, when you're talking about the bridesmaids bouquets, the bridal bouquet, the boutonnieres, and oftentimes from the few weddings I've done so far, you know, they they often forget about that. The, all the boutonnieres for the grandmas, the moms, the stepmoms, you know, all those things. And $1,000 anymore does not stretch very far. So I suggested to her to make her dollar stretch as far as possible that I do have these DIY buckets. And I sent her some ideas about bud vase uh, tablescapes, which I absolutely love because the focal flowers get a shine. I did a wedding where we did this, where we did the bud vases and there was eucalyptus that was on the table and they they spent a little extra on the table settings and the candles and just together it looked so pretty. So just you know, as we're out there and wedding season is starting, we're all going to have to get a little creative in how we get that dollar to stretch. 
I have uh, some dahlias that I did pull out of the ground. Most of my dahlias I left in the ground. And this just me, but I haven't been as enthusiastic about dahlias. I know that's crazy to think. But last year I bought so many, so many. And I was taking cuttings off of those tubers. And basically my two, I think it's their 100 feet rows, are dedicated to dahlias. And I planted two rows within each one of those rows. And I planted all those cuttings out. So I'm kind of hopeful and praying that they do come back. But I spent a lot of money on dahlias last year. And as I enter my third year flower farming, I'm really starting to to look at with a very sharp eye my cost and what I'm putting into this farm. I know that, you know, oftentimes we underestimate the cost of not only just starting a business, but to start a farm. There's some huge input costs that go with starting a farm. Luckily, I uh, have a lot of the big infrastructure and equipment because my husband has been farming Christmas trees for the last 20 years. So I'm able to beg, borrow, and steal <laughs> the tractor and uh, make use of the tools that we do have. But yeah, I'm just, I really want to actually look at my profit margin this year and really try to manage my cost so uh, and I just feel like with the dahlias I've had a lot of issues and there's just so many other flowers that I can focus on and that I find joy in like lisianthus I know that's a, a topic to be debated but I love it and I found that my customers love them and they last long they have great face life so uh yeah just really kind of thinking about my dahlia plan I have bought some tubers and I do plan to uh, take cuttings off of them when I get them and see kind of what comes back from last year so I do have a backup plan but yeah there's a couple of dahlia sales left that I'm going to look at but yeah and I just really kind of stuck to only a few farms because I do think there's like there's a lot of disease issues with dahlias and I know a lot of folks are selling them if they have a stamp of approval from say the agricultural department in their state that's really the ones that I've been wanting to shop from. Uh, let's see another big task I have been working on since I've kind of been snowed in is uh, working on the computer. I in my former life, did a lot of analysis work. I love Excel, um, love pivot tables, so I could totally geek out on all of the tracking of my data. But yeah, I've been inputting everything that I've started so far. And this year, I really want to do a better job of tracking on what sells, what does good, what I can successfully grow, and really take a real great look at what flowers. Hours. I want to continue to grow that aren't a struggle that can survive on their own and do more of them and I've got a journal I've got actually multiple journals at this point I've got a journal that I'll take out to the field with me that can get muddy and gross and disgusting but it's going to go in my belt every single day so I can make notes because historically I relied on my phone and pictures but I just feel like I'm so overwhelmed all the time with just my life and farming and the business that uh, I have to and I don't know about you but I just walked into 
into the kitchen and totally forgot what I needed out of the kitchen. So (laughs) I got multiple journals, one that's going to be in the field with me taking notes and then one in the house that I can make notes from like a business perspective. But I think it's good. It's good for you to journal every day if you can. Just what went well, what ideas you have and just get them down on paper. Maybe I'm a little old school there. But I also like myself uh, some checklist. Uh, It just helps me keep on track and feel fulfilled when I can check it off the list. So yeah, it's been uh, just a crazy week, actually. I mentioned this last week that I felt like behind, but now I really feel behind. But at the same time, I'm trying to remind myself that I'm not in the southern states. I still got snow on the ground, and I'm primarily starting my seeds in soil blocks, and they cannot sit there super long. So to give myself some grace and getting this stuff started, because once it's up, like it wants to go in the ground. And so I'll get there. And if it doesn't happen, it is what it is. But I've already gotten some ideas for some different sales outlets for myself. And I'm going to keep them hush hush for now until they actually happen. But I find myself having to be more creative. Like in the pandemic, folks were cooped up in the house. They wanted to get out. They wanted to come get a bouquet. But unfortunately, which I think is so sad, folks are have returned back to life. They're busy. They don't have time, even though I only live 15 minutes away from town. Like, it's not that long of a drive, and it is super beautiful out here. Still, like, I get it all the time. How far are you from uh, the fire station? And I tell them, and then they are like, oh, well, that's too far. So, I gotta get creative this year, and I gotta take my flowers to the customers, and I've got a few ideas that are stewing in my brain. And so, yeah, it's all about marketing and I've got to get myself out there. I feel like I've been so like just disappointed with social media. I feel like I'm not hitting the mark there and I think I've had a lot of conversations with our uh, flower farmer friends and I'm really rethinking my sales strategy and I have to get more creative. I have to go more directly to the customer. Our little town is growing so much. We've They've put in several new housing developments and these people are new. They have no idea that I'm out here. So somehow I've got to figure out a way to connect with them. And I do have a May Day surprise that I think I'm going to do. And yeah, some people probably laugh like you giving your flowers away for free, but it's an investment. It's an investment in my marketing budget and I'll share it after I do it because I want to give all away all of my secrets <laughs> until they actually happen. Um, so yeah, just thinking about different ways to get creative and sell my flowers. I historically can't make it to a Saturday market. Our life is just too busy with the kids, their sports activities, the Christmas trees, and all the other businesses that we run. Saturdays are jam-packed and I just can't make it to a farmer's market. So I got to think of other ways to get my flowers in the hands of my customers and my community. And here's the deal, my flower friend. I'm still figuring this out. I'm going into year three and 
I still am trying to figure this out. So I hope that's encouraging to you that it's an evolution. You're going to try something and you might fail, but you know what? You're going to learn and you're going to stumble across something else that's a better idea. I'm not only learning how to connect with my community when I live in a very rural community that may not have extra income to spend on this luxury good called local flowers. So I have to build my brand. I have to create this desire from my community to want my flowers. And I'm still working on that. And I'm still trying to figure out how I do that. And down to even growing the flowers. I'm still learning and it's all trial and error here. It's throwing the seeds in the ground, seeing what works. If I can't get that thing to germinate for the third year in a row, it's time to throw in the towel, figure out something else. What other flowers can I grow successfully that I'm not throwing money at because I can't get them to germinate? So I know there's a lot of talk in just the flower farming community around profitability. You see it everywhere. The deal is there's no single formula to show you how to be profitable as a flower farmer. My inputs, your inputs, and the next person over's inputs are totally different. And it really comes down to what are you spending? What do you got coming in? And at the end of the day, what is your profit? And there's just a lot. It just feels like I'm here hearing so much about being profitable, being profitable, which we all desire to do. But also when you're starting a business, it comes with a huge amount of upfront cost that that profitability piece might come a little bit down the road. So, you know, I've learned by going slow, not getting myself into debt. I had a day job that allowed me to invest in this new dream that I had. And thank goodness I had it in another business that few this flower farm with its seed money and now going into my third year I've really got to look at kind of what are my costs what's working what's not working and then move from there I just feel like they're I'm hearing it so much and I think everybody should just slow down a little bit and just like I said earlier in the podcast get a journal be really intentional this year about making notes Um, documenting what's going well and what's not going well and make some decisions in the next year and then see how you got by pivoting. So anyways, this is why this platform is here. I feel very passionate that uh, we all can learn from each other. I came from background of farming where the farmer next door shared how their crop was working and what was failing and it was a community and I'm doing this on my own time and my own dime because I feel so passionate about creating this community so that we're all successful together. And so I hope that you continue to share this podcast. I hope that you reach out to me and join the conversation because each one of these interviews comes with a whole new learning opportunity. So the more we share, the more we learn. Well, thank you friends for hanging with me on week nine's farm update. Sorry, 
it's a little all over the place, but that's just where my brain is today. And I hope at least you'll find something helpful. But if there's one takeaway that I can encourage you with is this is your journey. And you'll hear me say that so much, but it is. And it's really easy to get caught up in other people's advice and somebody else's pictures and all the things. And it's just step back and be proud of yourself. Be proud of what you've accomplished and be proud of what you're going to continue to grow and become. So my friends, have a wonderful week and I will chat with you next week. Here's your weekly flower fun fact from one of the freckled bloom flower kids. Thanks to Dr. Alan Armitage, did you know how the beating heart flower got its name? One theory suggests that the pink petals represent Cinderella's gown and the white petals are the plain bloomers. When the white petals are removed, the two parts visibly are the glass slippers. The remaining heart breaks into the heart representing the fairy godmother's wand gold dust and cinderella's gown thank you for listening well that wraps up this episode thank you so much for joining in to the conversation and together all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.